Most business owners get addicted to the concept of doing, and because they're doing, they never get around to managing, and because they never get around to managing, they never get around to leveraging. Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Welcome back. Welcome to this episode. I'm hanging out with another cool guest today. Now I've known this guy for 20 years. We have been all over the world together through our previous work together. Amsterdam, London, all across Australia, I think the States. I'd lost count a long time ago. So let me introduce you to him. His name's Johnny Cass. He is a highly sought out international keynote speaker. I can attest to that because he's great on stage. He's a trainer and transformational leadership and business mentor. Over the last 25 years, Johnny has spoken and presented at over 2,000 events in 35 different countries and impacted over 3 million business owners. Some pretty good stats and experience under his belt. His passion is helping individuals, businesses, and organizations create lives of meaning, purpose, and passion, as well as financial success. He's definitely going to talk to you guys a little bit about that. He has an interesting case study that weaves around sort of financial figures versus what's going on inside of the business owner to actually get them a successful business. I like his approach on how he talks about success. He's had some of his own businesses that have gone on to be hugely successful, as well as many others that failed. Sounds similar, you guys. Any of you can relate. I definitely can on that one. (laughs) And all these experiences have taught him valuable life lessons that he shares with his clients and is about to share with you, our listener. And nowadays, his core focus is as a co-founder of a newer business called Brilliance Lab, which is committed to transforming organizations through human brilliance by blending neuroscientific knowledge with philosophical perspective. Basically, what his business does is straps you up to brain scan and runs you through a series of tests so you can find your inner brilliance. And then his business works with teams or individuals to help you know what to do with that knowledge to live a lot smarter, happier, healthier life. And we will talk about that coming up too. So without further ado, I'd love to bring Johnny onto the show. Welcome, guys. So here's Johnny Cass. Oh my God. Like I was just talking to Johnny saying, I can't believe that I'm having a chat with him. And the reason why is, JC, you were one of the first people I met when I moved to Australia, like within my first six months of living here. It's insane. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you, Heather Porter. It's great to be here. And oh my goodness, how long ago was that? Like, (laughs) what, 25 years? 20 years. Wow. Just shy of 20 years. Yeah. Crazy. How amazing. How wonderful. And it's been a great 20 years. It has. And Johnny and I have had like a really cool sort of our paths have crossed in multiple different careers and businesses. And even though I introduced everyone to you, I'd love to hear in your own words your a quick wrap up of your journey as a speaker, investor, property. Yeah. And how you ended up to where you are now. Yeah, well, you and I have definitely had uh, interesting paths crossing. And in fact, when I was getting into the field of professional development and personal development, which was over 20 years ago, that's how you and I met. And I guess my real question that I have always asked myself is, 
why is it that some people are able to go out there and create great success for themselves? And why is it that some people struggle no matter what it is that they do? And as a result of that question, you know, I've been able to travel to 32 different countries. I've spoken to hundreds of thousands of people across the planet and coached and mentored multiple businesses in multiple industries across multiple sectors, taking some businesses from zero to eight figures. And I've had my own businesses during that time as well. And some have been massively successful. And quite frankly, some have been absolutely disastrous. So it's been an awesome ride over these last 25 years and really understanding how can we go out there and create a business that we're really proud of, a life that leaves us feeling really fulfilled, and ultimately us having a great sense of purpose to who we are in our lives. Yeah, you're a master at that. And I've watched you over the years always work to weave in success with fun, (laughs) a lot of fun (laughs) and balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about just jump in with some of your tips. So if we think about sort of that hustle culture, everyone's like, oh, you got to grind. There's this whole new term called bro marketing. It's like (laughs) intense way of living. And there's a lot of people that don't want that as they grow their business. So what are three tips or ideas that you have for growing a business in a much smarter way where you can still have fun in your life? Oh, Heather, just in that one sentence that you just threw out there, I think that there are so many magical tips already. You mentioned already the word, this intense way of living. And, you know, I think we really need to replace intensity with consistency, especially when it comes to running a business or building wealth. We have to remember that it takes time. And unfortunately, we now live in a world, you know, we've all heard it before. We look at social media and we see the fantasy of some bro muscle flexing. And when I mean muscle flexing, I'm not talking about like the biceps. They've got the the Porsche or they've got the Lamborghini and they've got the mansion. And we're like, I want those things. And what we don't realize is we actually don't even know if those things are really theirs, if they'd hide them for the day or You know, I remember one day somebody who I'm not going to mention is quite wealthy. Yes, he had the Ferrari, but he parked the Ferrari in front of somebody else's mansion that wasn't even his mansion to make it look like he was wealthy. So you mentioned the word intensity. I think we need to replace intensity with consistency. When it comes to business, it's the small things compounded over time that are going to make the difference. And that's in sales, that's in marketing, that's in everything that we do. And we going for that big win is like gambling and it just doesn't really work. It's not realistic. Gold. So is that two of your tips already? Replace intensity with consistency, which I freaking love, by the way, and small things compounded over time. Yeah. Would you say that's two tips? And do you have a third one? Well, let's just put them as one. Let's just put it as that's one. one. That's our first tip. That's one. I love it. That's our first tip. Perfect. Yeah. What else? Give me another one. All right. I guess my second tip is, look, let's be honest. Business can be overwhelming. It can be confusing. It can oscillate between overwhelming to underwhelming. What I mean by that is one minute you've got too much to do. The next minute you're depressed on the couch, eating Pringles and binging on Netflix (laughs) because you're overwhelmed. So it all comes down to focusing on the right things at the right time. And, you know, we live in now, unfortunately, in a world of information overload. So it's not about the information. 
It's about the right information at the right time. And then, of course, executing on that information. And when I talk about focus, I don't talk about no longer about managing time. Like time management is critical. It's 101, but it's really about managing your attention. So we've got everything, you know, multiple podcasts, your notifications on your phone, your interruptions, sales pro. There's all these things fighting for your attention and you have to be ruthless with determining what you're going to focus on in order to give you not only the business that you want, but the lifestyle and the fulfillment. And as you were saying, the fun that you want as well. So focus on the right things at the right time is tip number two. Excellent. Oh, you're like the soundbite king. I could pull out already like numerous Pinterest quotes and Twitter cards from all the stuff you said. <laughs> like you're just nailing it. I love it. What's number three? Tip number three. All right. Well, number three is a personal favorite of mine. And it's because, you know, I've just started a new company called Brilliance Lab. And that's all about the brain and understanding the brain. And we talk about developing mindset, skill set, and strategy. So whatever game you're playing in your business, whether you're in startup mode, who wants to make their first sale, or you're a thousandaire who wants to become a hundred thousandaire or a hundred thousandaire that wants to become a millionaire, we've always got to develop mindset, skill set, and strategy. And your brain is like the engine that's driving everything. And unfortunately, most of us don't understand how our brain operates. So let me give you an example. We feel overwhelmed because our brain has sent us a series of chemical electrical responses. We perceive it to be overwhelmed and then we stay stuck in that state of overwhelm. But that's just a perception of the brain. I know some people who work 20 hours a week and they feel overwhelmed. I know some people who work 80 hours a week and they feel overwhelmed. So it really comes down to understanding how the brain works And now we also have the science to be able to understand how your own personal brain works. So know who you are, know your brain, know your values, know your beliefs, because your world and your business is a reflection of you and your brain and who you are. Excellent. I'm loving what you are saying so much. And I want to change gears now to a bit of a case study. I think this is going to be a challenging one for you because you have done so much and you literally have been on stage in front of thousands of people. So it's like, where do you start? I'll leave it up to you and where you want to hone in on, whether it's with your brand new company, which we'll talk about coming up shortly, or something in your past. Think through one client that you've worked with and think about sort of an incredible result that you got for them and walk me through this case study of yours. Hmm. Okay. So you're right. There's many. And it's interesting. I think usually when we think of case studies, we tend to just go for sometimes the external rewards. So, you know, I'll give you an example. I worked with a company called Verge Girls. They're an online fashion brand. When I was working with them, they were making 7 million at the time. By the time I finished working with them, they went up to $14 million. So it's really easy to talk about external numbers and how they improved on that side of things. And One of the key things that we did in place with them was to really get the owners to move out of that space of feeling like they had to do everything. So if we want to really succeed in business, we have to understand the concept of leverage. So that means leveraging other people's time, other people's money, and other people's systems. Most business owners get addicted to the concept of doing, and because they're doing, they never get around to managing 
And because they never get around to managing, they never get around to leveraging. Whereas the successful business people do it the other way around. They leverage everybody else. They get somebody else to manage somebody else and they get other people to do everything for them. So I got them to flip around because she was a designer to understand, well, how can you replicate your design process and leverage and manage other people and get them to do the designs so that you're not having to do all the work yourself? And of course, you come up with all the barriers. They're never going to do as good a job as what I'm going to do. I'm never going to trust these people. So it's a perfect example of mindset, skill set, and strategy. Learning the strategy of leverage, learning the mindset to trust other people, and developing the skill set to teach that to other people as well. So it was a great return from a financial point of view, but most importantly, it gave them the freedom and the time to do what she enjoyed doing, which was getting back to some of the design side of it rather than just being overwhelmed with trying to do everything. And it enabled them to also go and have a children and go and and build property and do other things. So it was a complete shift in the way that she ran her business. Wow. I like how you spoke through that case study as well, because you did talk about the financial results and you're right. A lot of people do. That's what they think of. Yeah. But you could still be really freaking stressed out and overwhelmed by doubling your profit in a year or a couple of years or whatever. And nothing's changed with how you run your life, isn't it? Exactly. Hmm. It's not just about the money. Like success comes in many different shapes and sizes. Like, you know, I've coached some businesses and they say, I want to double my revenue. And we look at the numbers and they're doubling their revenue, but they're actually not making any more profit. And I'm like, okay, well, why would you give yourself all this extra work to do? Because your ego says, I've gone from 5 million to 10 million, but you're still taking away the same amount of money. You might as well take a little bit easier or figure out how to make more profit. So success is external and internal. What's your sleep factor at nighttime? What's your relationship with your children like? What's your relationship with your partner like? What's your relationship with your spirituality like? This is also success. But again, we see the guy with the Ferrari and the big mansion, and we look at that person and we think that must be happiness and fulfillment, but it's not necessarily the case. (laughs) So good. Now, I want to talk a little bit about overwhelm because earlier you were mentioning how somebody, and I'm looking at my notes here, can work 20 hours a week or 80 hours a week and both people can be overwhelmed. Really? So let's talk a little bit about that and what the brain does and perhaps maybe a couple of hacks or ideas for what somebody can do if they are really in a state of overwhelm. Sure. So let's firstly look at like a bigger picture side of things. So typically... When you have a conversation with a business owner, typically, and you say to them, how are you? What is the usual response you get back from someone nine times out of 10? What's the usual response you get? Great. It is? (laughs) Right? Or underneath that, I'm okay, I'm great. Or something's out, I'm really busy, I'm really overwhelmed, right? Yeah, It's very rarely that you'll hear, like, how how I'm busy. Oh, yeah, there's a lot going on. So we either do that for two reasons. Number one, we genuinely are busy or we're pretending to be busy. So we look like that we're busy. So it's very rarely you would hear somebody say, oh, yeah, everything's great. I'm in control. I've got the right number of clients. I've got good, healthy boundaries. I'm spending time with my partner. I'm surfing like I said I was going to on a Wednesday morning. So the first thing you realize is that we've all bought into, I feel, collectively as a society that the concept of busyness is a badge of honor. Oh, 
So good. So I even find it difficult when people say to me, how are you going? I go, yeah, I've got a lot on, but I'm feeling in control. I'm managing everything rather than, oh my God, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. So realize that the concept of busyness and overwhelm and confusion and chaos is a state of mind. And just like we could become addicted to certain behaviors, shopping, sex, food, whatever, we can become addicted to certain thoughts. And so for some of us, the thought of being overwhelmed, it becomes an addiction. In other words, we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to feel safe, in control, and content, because we think that if I'm not overwhelmed, then I'm not going to be motivated. Or if I'm not feeling busy, I'm not going to be motivated. It's just a lie that we've all bought into, an element of certainty, like worry becomes an element of certainty. I don't know what I'm doing in my business, but what I do know for sure is that I'm worrying and I'm overwhelmed and I'm busy, and that gives me some certainty. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it's one of the reasons why I named my podcast The Hustle Rebellion, because I actually went to market and did a lot of research on this. And everywhere you look, it's like side hustles, hustle this, moms with hustle. It's like, dude, no, (laughs) let's stop this mindset and this like badge of honor, as you say, of busyness and overwhelm. You don't have to live that way in life, do you? I couldn't agree with you more. And the reason why I say that is I think because, well, I don't think, I know because I spent the first 30 years of my life in that mode. Okay. So I didn't grow up from a wealthy background, far from it. My parents were immigrants to Australia. My first job was a paper run. Then I worked at McDonald's. Then I worked in sales, et cetera, et cetera. And my mother was a factory worker and my father was a laborer. And they were up at five o'clock every morning and they were home at late at nighttime, then cooking. And so I unconsciously learned that you've got to hustle and work hard in order to succeed. Yeah. And that's not true. We've moved from the manual economy to the knowledge economy. And for you to really leverage your knowledge economy, you need to rest, you need to rejuvenate, and you need to be counterculture when you're seeing everybody say hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, I mean, there's one speaker, you know, I love him, but I I see him talk about hustling, hustling, and he just looks exhausted. (laughs) And that's not what I want for my life. So the first thing is we've got to put some healthy boundaries in place around defining what is a healthy hustle for you, all right? And we can go from sitting on the couch, binging on Netflix and not doing anything. And if that's what you want and that makes you feel healthy and happy, knock yourself out. I'm not going to judge you for that. Then you can go to the other extreme where you're working 100 hours a week and you're never switching off. And if that's what you want, I'm not going to judge you for that either. But what's going to make you happy? And you've got to put those boundaries in place. So many years ago, I lost boundaries around that. I was traveling around the world, going from one country to another country, flying 24 hours, did that consistently for three years. Then my body told me it's time to stop because I got really sick and I had to reassess what is my hustle? What do I enjoy for me? So what's some of the hacks? I put Johnny time in my diary. So exercise is my number one value for me. So it's in the diary. It's a non-negotiable. In the afternoon, at like two o'clock in the afternoon, because I've got attention deficit disorder in my mind, you know, I have replanning and re-strategizing time for like 30 minutes to go, all right, well, hang on a minute. What are you actually doing? You were meant to be doing this, but somehow you've ended up on 
Amazon.com, should you really be there? Let's bring it back and let's refocus and realign. So you've got to define what that hustle is for you at the end of the day. I am going to ask you another question because you and I both have a lot of experience in the personal development industry. And I want to get your take on a healthy way to set goals. And the reason why I'm asking you that question is because we've always been trained smart goals and like aim big. And I think the reason why I kind of made myself physically sick in my last business is because I literally was like, you have to make like this much money and do this to look like a success. And then I set these crazy goals and then I'd feel like shit about myself because I could never get to them. Mm. So goal setting, talk to me about that. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, look, I'm going to be really honest. I have struggled with goals at various times in my life and I've done exactly the same thing. Set those big, hairy, audacious goals and then you don't reach them and then you feel like a disappointment and then you judge the fact that you feel like a disappointment. So you're feeling bad about feeling bad. It's like overwhelm. You Not only do you get overwhelmed, but then you get overwhelmed at the fact that you're overwhelmed and you stay stuck in this spiral of your brain. So When it comes to goals, I definitely feel that we should have some goals. I think that's important. If you have a tendency and a record of hitting your goals consistently, then you might want to stretch your goals a little bit. And if you haven't hit your goals for quite some time, then peel your goals back. There's an old saying, nothing breeds success like success. So set yourself up for a win. And when it comes to goals, for example, like, you know, you can have a vision board, like big term, long, everyone talks about the vision boards, but we now know from a neuroplasticity point of view and from a brain point of view, it's all really good to have the vision board. But what really is the important thing in programming your brain is how are you going to be and what are you going to do when the obstacles come in your way? To achieving that vision board. So I'll say that again, have the goals, but more importantly, have a plan in place or something in place that when you don't hit that goal or something derails you, who are you going to be and what are you going to do? So we need to start to program the mind that way because otherwise you go, oh my God, I'm not getting my goal. I'm not getting my goal. I'm getting overwhelmed. I'm getting overwhelmed. Whereas you're now going, oh, here we go. Here's that obstacle. Yep, these are the things that you said that you were going to do. Reach out to somebody else, listen to a podcast, get on the phone and talk to somebody who's achieved the thing you want to achieve. But what's your plan for when you don't hit the goal or when you get side railed from the goal? That's what I would say about goals. Have a plan for when things don't go right. God, that's good. (laughs) Thank you for that. Yeah, I just had to get your take on it. Yeah, I definitely think you should have them. And be flexible to them. You're going to get some of them. You're not going to get some of them. That's life. We can't predict the future. Like there's the only thing that's predictable about the future is that it's unpredictable. And coming back to overwhelm, now I'm jumping around a little bit here. That's my attention deficit disorder mind. Ding, ding, ding. Is one of the hacks for overwhelm, in fact, for anything, is just to accept it. Accept, okay, I'm now feeling overwhelmed and embrace it rather than trying to push it away. It's like anxiety. We try and, oh my God, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling anxious. Welcome to life and welcome to the human condition. The human condition is to feel an element of anxiety so that we can control the unpredictable a little bit. It's not about pushing it away. It's about embracing it and going, okay, thank you. We're feeling overwhelmed. 
Let's move on from that. What do we need to do just to move the dial one centimeter further? And that's it. Oh, so well said. I think now would be a great time to talk about your new business. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because I got to sample it. Yes. So I will actually let you explain. What is this new business that you do and what makes it so different from what's out there on the market? All right. Awesome. Thank you. So yeah, look, as you know, I've been, like I said, in the field of personal development, professional development, business development for over 20 years now. And I'm always curious and always interested in what's working. And sometimes in the space of coaching and advising, only about 10% of people actually get results. And that wasn't satisfactory enough to me. And so I partnered up with a very good friend of mine. We headed up a program about coaching seven-figure and eight-figure business owners. And I'm like, Dave, what's the most relevant and the most accurate way of increasing individual performance? And Dave's a neuroscientist. He's got his PhD in organizational neuroscience, master's in learning and development. And he goes, well, we can now read people's brains. And I'm like, what do you mean we can read people's brains? Yeah. So we now have the technology. In fact, it's been around for about 50 years where you put a device on someone's brain and we're able to read the electrical activity in someone's brains, which is basically personalized performance plans. So we talked about understanding your brain. So you might go, I'm procrastinating and there's a philosophical reason for that, but what's the neuroscientific reason for that? Well, you might be procrastinating because your cognitive functioning isn't that good. That's what your brain is telling us or your focus and your concentration isn't as good as what it would like it to be, or your interpersonal communication isn't as great as what you'd like it to be. And we can now pick these things up in your brain, and by specifically targeting an area to work on, you'll see the part of the brain developing, which will give you the greater confidence, which will ultimately help you move through some of those challenges that you're having. So Brilliance Lab was born because I really wanted to marry up the philosophical side of business and life. Why am I doing this? What gives me fulfillment? How can I be a better human being? And then the neuroscience side of it, which was let's look at the data, let's look at what your brain is telling you, and let's put these two together. And when they're in alignment, you ultimately perform at your best. So it's about personalized performance plans that nobody else is really doing in Australia as far as I'm aware. No. And that's why I was so fascinated. And I wanted to try it when you were doing the pilot program last year in Australia is because we've all done a disc profile, you know, and all these Enneagrams and all these different sort of, who am I? Exactly. (laughs) Let's fill in the questionnaire. But this was really interesting. So guys, I went to Johnny's apartment for this and he strapped me up with this. What's that thing that you strap on your head? What do you call that? (laughs) It's just a QEEG device that reads the electrical signals in your brain. Okay. So he put that on my head and he had to put like some moisture or water. So it kind of like would make contact with your skin. And then you sit there with an iPad and you go through a series of questions. And it's not just answering questions. There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, right? So it's like brainwaves. What else is it looking at as well? Well, we're looking at the main thing is like cognitive functioning, executive decision making, a memory and motivational factors as well. So are you more externally motivated or are you more internally motivated? So are you motivated by money or are you motivated by a sense of fulfillment and contribution? And we're able to do that because we ask you some questions and then your brain signals will light up in a specific way depending on how you answer those questions. And then you get this incredible report and you find your areas of brilliance and what you can work on. 
And so far, what you guys are doing with, because you're working with some pretty impressive companies doing this, like, what do you do with this report then to help them, I guess, live in their zone of brilliance? Yeah, I love that. Now, first of all, the distinction is this is not a personality report, like a disc and Enneagram, all those things are great. And I feel that some of them have better validity than other, but that's another conversation. (laughs) This is a report based on what your brain is telling you. So it's not personality, it's what your brain is telling you. And what I love about it is why we call it brilliance. And I love brilliant zone is because our belief is that everybody has the right to be brilliant. Everybody has the right. We were all born brilliant. Somewhere along the lines, we try and shape and mold ourselves into being somebody who we're not. And this is about coming back to and identifying your brilliance. And to be really honest with you, with the report, there's a multitude of different things that can happen with it. Some people get the report, put it in their drawer, and they don't do anything with it. That's just what some people are. Some people go the full hog and they join us on Amplify programs, team building exercises, and you know we roll out initiatives through organizations as well. So we've got individuals that will go through it and they'll say, yeah, I want to focus on this performance block. So I want to work on my interpersonal communication and I want to work on my empathy. And we take them through an online program that gives them neural exercises. And those exercises can be very small, simple things that people do that works in their life. You're already busy, but I want to give you logins or anything like that. You get an email and the email might say, today, when you're talking to somebody, observe their face and wherever possible, mirror, use your mirror neurons to replace that person's facial expressions. Or it could be something like developing neural pathways, as simple as if you brush your teeth with your right hand, brush your teeth with your left hand. Because what this does is begins to just trick the mind into developing new neural pathways that there are other ways of doing things. And again, we also do this with individuals and then we do it with teams and organizations. So we can look at the collective brain power of an executive team and go, well, yeah, you guys are really great on decision making, for example, but you're really terrible on the empathy side of things. So if we collectively as a team work on the empathy, this will make your team more agile, more robust, and more rounded and will strengthen you as a team. And again, this is based on data and science. And for us, it's really important that we take the guesswork out of professional and personal development. So you can go to a seminar and of course, you're going to get learnings and insights, but it's personalized performance planning at the end of the day. And the fact that we have that technology to do that, I mean, with AI and the way that technology is these days, it's wonderful to be able to use that to our advantage. Remember, technology is a great slave, but a terrible master. And unfortunately, too many people are slaves to their technology and not the other way around. And you got to remember that technology is designed, guess what, by neuroscientists and neuromarketers designed to trigger you, to get you to stay on the technology for as long as possible, become addicted to the technology. I think the average person, don't quote me on this, picks up their mobile device something like 271 times a day. We don't need to do it. We're just addicted to it. We now have an addiction to thumb scrolling. So we're just addicted to the idea of our thumb scrolling. So we need to really utilize technology for our betterment and not the other way around. I think that answered your question. (laughs) It did. It did. (laughs) And a lot of different facets. Yeah. 
Where do people go to if they're going, this brain thing sounds really cool. So it's, first of all, you have to be in Australia. Is that right? Yeah, at the moment, you have to be in Australia. We're looking at heading over to the UK in July. We're going to be running our first Brilliant Lab training day in the UK in July. People can go to www.brilliantlab.au. That's www.brilliantlab.au. And they can book in a scan online. We have co-working spaces in the Sydney CBD. We have locations in Wollongong. And we can also come remotely for organizations. So we were just down in Melbourne last week. We did a team of 10 people. We did a training day with them on neural training, as well as a full day of scanning with their teams. Then we're going to feed them back a report. But the best place is to go to, like I said, brilliancelab.au. Yep. Or people can email me if they want to, johnny at brilliancelab.au. Fantastic. Um, that's J-O-H-N-N-I-E. And I can answer any questions that they want as well. You guys should check it out. And that's also, I mean, other than I love chatting with Johnny and he's a brilliant, gifted, I'd say mentor for business owners, but it's this new business I think is really fascinating and it really feeds into our philosophy we've been talking about today, which is work out what your own level of hustle is. And if you can use tools like what Brilliance Lab does to help you actually know what that is for you, well, why not, right? <laughs> so Yeah, definitely. So just real quick, like I said, there's a lot of, conversation at the moment about artificial intelligence and taking jobs and fear around it. And again, that's just the brain. The brain doesn't like anything that's new or unfamiliar. And what we have to recognize is that we're in an intricate dance with technology. We're teaching technology how to interact with us and technology is teaching us how to interact with it. So we want to use it to our advantage. And the brain scans is really the next level of human performance and individual performance. So why would you not do that if it's going to give you a little bit of an edge in you being your best version of yourself? Like I said, you being brilliant, which is what we're all about. Love it. Oh gosh, Johnny. Before we say goodbye, are there any last comments or things as we've had this conversation? You're like, oh, I really wanted to say that. Is there anything you want to share as a last thought? Yeah, I will actually. I wasn't planning to say this, but you know, I said to you earlier at Brilliance Lab, we are about integrating the science with the philosophical part. And I guess I bring the philosophy to what it is that we do. And I just want to remind all the business owners out there right now that are overwhelmed, trying to manage children, bills, mortgages, family, business, maybe you're deep in the trenches or whatever it is. I just want to remind you that wherever you are in your life right now, and regardless of what you have or haven't accomplished, you are deserving of success. I know that sometimes we look at our current circumstances and we just think, oh, I've messed it up. I've screwed it up. I'm not good enough. I'm not deserving of it. It's not true. We need to replace expectation with experimentation. And the fact that you are experimenting and trying new things in and of itself, makes you worthwhile and deserving enough. Don't wait for something to happen for you to go, now I'm worthy of it. No, you're worthy of it right now and draw it into you. That's what I want to leave everyone with. Beautifully summarized, beautifully said. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I know that the listeners are going to love this. Just so you know, Johnny, we have listeners and we're a baby podcast, but already in 10 countries. So that's pretty exciting. Your words are going to be spreading out there all across the world to help people hopefully not be so stressed out with some of your excellent tips. So thanks again for being here. 
Always a great pleasure, Heather Porter, and just loving what you're doing and just can't wait to see this next iteration of you and helping and serving other people. It's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, Hustle Rebels. If you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com. It's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.